0: Welcome to this week in common sense starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula, and on this podcast, Paul and I uh, talk about the big stories of the week this last week of April 2021 that have appeared on thisiscommonsense.org. Thisiscommonsense.org is the website that Paul has been writing for daily since 1999. So, what are the big stories of the week?
1: This week, we started with a bit of silliness. A uh, you, We might headline this story, Who You're Going to Believe, the Mainstream Media or Your Own Eyes? And because we started with, with our own eyes. And it wasn't just a little bit of talk about what happened in Columbus, Ohio, with the 16-year-old, uh, who was shot and killed as she was trying to stab another, I don't know if it was 16 or what age, but around the si- same age. There's a little more coming out now. You know, this is, we did this on Monday, uh, about her being in foster care and other things. And it's, it's, it's just a huge tragedy when someone that age dies. It's a tragedy when anybody dies, but especially that age and there does seem to be some scuttlebutt that, that she was being tormented, that people had come to her house to harass her and so on, that she was the one who had called the police. Although I don't know if that is yet established or not. Um, but anyway, in all the spin, it's hard to get details. This was a story that you we saw spun for the time period it could be spun as one more police killing of a black person. And in the end, I mean, it's still just horrific and terrible, but it is a policeman acting as far as I can tell. And I think most people who watch the video acting quickly in a way he has to and shooting somebody dead because that person is about to plunge a knife into somebody and, you know, I, I Googled knife, you know, uh, mortality from knife wounds and uh, quickly came up with a study that that showed uh, it's not funny. It's just it's its kind of pathetically sad. Uh, and I, I didn't hear it mentioned anywhere in the media. In fact, of course, after this happened, you had uh, Jory Reed, one of my least favorite. Uh, people in the whole world on MSNBC talking about kind of the wonders of youthful knife fights and how dare they get in the way of a little, you know, like what is it? West side story or something, but, but West Side story ends like Romeo and Juliet with keep people dead. And so it's like, they don't get it. Anyway, uh, your percentage chance of dying. If you go to the emergency room with a knife wound is about the same as if you go to the emergency room with a gunshot wound. So uh just FYI. Uh if you were planning a friendly knife fight tonight, you might want to call it off. Nerf, you know, nerf baseball bats might be the thing to use. Anyway, uh but but the the, the real tragedy behind the tragedy and the ongoing, I don't know if tragedy is the right world word, but the ongoing just uh Fisher in our society is that we have a media that the, the media is supposed to or at least portrays itself as the watchdog of politicians and the political sphere and and everything else and we need a watchdog of the media more than anything else and of course they've got their fact checkers but of course the second they had fact fact checkers We all realized we really need some fact checker, fact checkers, um, because they're they're all over the place with saying, yes, technically true, but false because and then then spinning it one way or the other. Um, Anyway, this this uh, Columbus story, thank goodness for the police camera. Uh, And and there was other camera and footage that came out that wasn't just police footage. There was neighbors and others that that also lent more information to this story. We have to be careful because pictures are more powerful than words. And if there are pictures showing one thing, even if we find out information that kind of cuts against that, it tends to hold some power. So let's keep that into, take that into account. But these videos are wonderful. It is, it's allowing us to see things that we as the public have every right to see, and we've got to get a handle on it and thank goodness for the quick release in Columbus, but we've got a judge in North Carolina, they're they're trying to release it, and the judge is blocking it because in the state of North Carolina, the way they've written the rules, and, and rest assured everybody out there, nobody in politics cares about anything but the headlines. So once they've got the headlines, if they got victory on some issue, they never give a hoot one second after that. It's like the it's like they keep talking about we need to have more uh, use of the gun data, database, the gun registry, the you know, the uh, I'm not gonna get the right term, but but you know what it is, this big thing with a whole bunch of names of people who aren't supposed to get the get guns. Well, they get them anyway because they don't feed, you know, the military has been horrible about. It transferring their information. The shooter a couple of years ago who killed 20 some odd people in Siloam Springs, Texas, should never have gotten a gun, but he got it because the military said, "Ah, we're not sending stuff to the, to the big computer in the sky that has this information. And so when people are out there advocating for different changes, we have to realize as citizens, they're not very good, responsible people, and they're not gonna follow through on stuff. And so we need to take that into account. And I say that because all over the country in a wonderful wave, they have started wearing police cameras and there's been new city council resolutions and ordinances and this and that, and it's great. Uh, But frankly, unless they write the rules in the right way, it doesn't help much. We, uh, my organization, Liberty Initiative Fund, partnered with some folks in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, where the Michael Brown shooting, which was kind of the first major one that got this kind of publicity happened. And after that, not before that, after that, they had police cameras at the time of that shooting. They just weren't using them. So Michael Brown, there's that shooting. Turns out it looked, you know, from the analysis been done by the FBI and different people, he was at fault. He was the aggressor. Uh, so it didn't, it, you know, it wasn't like some of these others and they're all different and please everybody let's realize they're all different and, and not just pretend that you know, whatever our narrative is is the way reality has to bend itself to. Um, but after the Michael Brown shooting they began to wear these but they didn't have any real rules. They had one incident in which they had the police had body cameras on Oh it wasn't turned on. They had another incident in which they basically said we refuse to release the video. Well it doesn't do any good to take for the, the idea isn't to give the police another weapon that they can release it when it helps them but not release it when they when it doesn't. And if the video let's well, the other case in point in Monday's uh, commentary with our own eyes at this is Uh the other one was from Elizabeth North Carolina. And it was a drug dealer, a reputed drug dealer. Um, And of course, you know, I think drugs should be legal and that, you know, we should treat them as a social disease, not as a as a criminal offense. So here here'd be a case in which the police wouldn't have to worry about it. And and, then a lot of these people who are selling drugs now would have to go get another job because, You know, people who were selling drugs would be people who worked in buildings with nice little, you know, uh, stairs coming up and signs and and all kinds of things. So in this, um, oh, I'm going to lose my train of thought. Where am I going here?
0: uh, The Elizabeth uh, City, North Carolina incident.
1: So in in Elizabeth City, uh, North Carolina, the county officials, not the city, are coming in, SWAT, raid, they've got a drug dealer, they're going after him. Apparently, he resists arrests. Apparently, from what's been said by people who saw bits and pieces of it, what the police showed the family and other people who've commented, it was a very quick execution, meaning something happened and boom, there were a bunch of bullets flying and he was dead. Uh, Although I think he then was able to escape a little ways before he succumbed to his injuries and died. Um, Here's the problem with all of this. Maybe it was a horrible execution and maybe people would rightfully be awfully upset. We have seen cities burn. We saw Ferguson, you know, uh, all kinds of buildings burned out and destroyed. We saw other violence, other places. Um, having film would have, I think, helped not hurt. People are are taking the worst. And especially if you won't show them, what does that say? The the video I always think of is the video in Chicago. And I'm not going to get the guy's name right, so I'm not going to try. But he had a very big knife in his hand. And so the report was, He was shot, but he was armed with a knife. Once you see the video, you see all these police in the street, you see him walking away, angled away from police with this knife in his hand, held low, not in a threatening manner. And you see one policeman fire 16 shots. 16 shots. And I don't know, I can't remember whether he hit him in all 16 or whatever, but he was hit multiple times and killed. And Rahm Emanuel, who was mayor of Chicago, held up the release of that tape for what a year or more to push it past his reelection campaign. Disgusting and that, that Rahm Emanuel can show his face in, in polite company. Of course, he, could, he couldn't run and win another term for mayor, but, but that even show his face in polite company is, is sad. Anyway, this isn't an anti-Rahm Emanuel commercial, although you know, if someone wants to pay some money, we'll do one. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is to say, we cannot trust them to do the right thing. We cannot trust them to do the right thing. And we have to write the rules. And that's why in Elizabeth City, they need new laws. There needs to be the ability to go to court and protect privacy rights. Anything, hey, it's America. Everything's gonna get litigated. But the onus ought to be on people who want to stop the release of this video. And there's all kinds of rules. I invite people to look at the rules that were written in uh, Ferguson. ACLU has come out with some rules which, which are, are good and are similar to what was, uh, was uh, written into the Ferguson law. And in, you know, this is something that is very important, but like so much in our society, it's just, it scares me how, how out to lunch, how asleep at the wheel we are in the sense that all these things get passed and all the good people out there see it in the paper and in their mind, they're clapping, that's great. What's happening next? And it's BS. It's like years ago when they passed the uh, eminent do- domain reform, You know, eminent domain, they're grabbing people's property and destroying neighborhoods to hand to some big corporation to build some big new thing that's gonna give them more tax dollars. It was happening all over the country. It still happens a lot. But in Tennessee, they passed this bill that was going to take care of that. And of course, I called somebody down there. I think I think it was Drew Sullivan who was down there then. Uh, and anyway, he uh, I said, hey, this sounds really good. He said, well, you know, what are you reading or what are you smoking or something? Because he said, it's not. It doesn't do anything. It pretends to do stuff. And they passed it. And it had big headlines about the reform. And six months later, This Economic Development Corp is trying to grab some private property and flip it to somebody else for more tax dollars, somebody who can build it bigger and better. Sorry, you didn't really own that property. And everyone's going, what's going on? And of course, anyone who was in the know knew nothing good had really been accomplished. That's the way it is on almost all of these police camera measures around the country. The rules are not there to make it an effective reform. And so we've got to go get the rules written either by city councils or by initiative. At most of the local levels, you could do it by initiative. A lot of the states you could do by initiative, but it's it's a big problem. And again, it's not one the media is talking about. Our whole, our media, our politics, it's all this national game, red team versus blue team. Here's, the, here's the, the, the issue today, the game for today. Who wins the game? Now we move on. And when I say now we move on, they move on. And it's just nothing really happens. That's a, it's a big problem. Our uh, Tuesday's piece probably got the most positive responses on the, uh, on the website, most argument on, on Facebook. It was race ignorance, and racism. I will note that most of the pushback on this was not pushback on this commentary. And this commentary was about two things. One, uh, a column in the Washington Post talked about the fact that the tax code is racist. And then also in Virginia, the Department of Education has decided that people should not be in separate classes for higher mathematics until 11th grade, no longer in ninth or eighth or 10th, not until 11th grade. We want them to wait and be in the same classrooms as people doing basic math. And we want, and, and you know, there's, a, there's a little bitty argument there to say you know, they may help some of the other students who are learning stuff? Well, then maybe you need to pay them a little bit of the money—the money that's churning through public education—if they're doing the educating. But um, but I could see that. I mean, you can as a as a teacher, you can create a situation in which students are helping each other and working together, and all kinds of things can happen. I don't think that's the impetus of this. In fact, they don't even say that's the impetus of this they are pretty straight out that the impetus is that people of color, and of course they're lying or they're playing it. I hate the whole people of color um, because there's, there are no black people or white people or yellow people or red people. We've all got these different shades of color that I don't even know the names of. I mean, to be honest with you, chartreuse or something. I don't know. I don't even know what that, is that a red?
0: Chartreuse is a greenish, yellowish color. That's what I just learned.
1: Well, here's, here's the, the, the upshot and, and please go read race, ignorance, racism, Tuesday's commentary at this is But the, the, the real upshot is this is a statewide education policy. It hasn't been fully implemented, but it is the policy that they are attempting to implement. Um, and it's designed to hold students back. It is designed to, in essence, stop your kid from learning too much math, too much, too fast. And here's the kicker. It's designed to help no one. This isn't designed to help uh, other kids learn math faster. This isn't designed to, to allow people to catch up. There's no, there's no effort here to say, in fact, there's all kinds of black, white, Hispanic, Asian kids right now in these classes, in these advanced math classes, you're going to be holding them back. And maybe they'll let them continue, but no others. But come on, let's face it, whatever the numbers are. And of course, uh, I think earlier, I started to mention some of the people of color and and didn't get to the end of that. But of course, most of the places in these higher math and in New York, I know, and here in Virginia and other places, uh, Asian students are are picking up. You know, they're doing something right. I think it might be that they have intact families. And, um, and they're, they're just dominating a lot of these competitions. Now, how you argue that that's white supremacist or that that's somehow holding people of color back, it's, you know, you're being ridiculous and you're playing games with what a person of color or is, is or isn't. The bottom line to all of it is this is the worst nightmare of what trying to fix racism could possibly do. This is to hold everyone back to be the same. And if someone gets a new idea to hit them in the head real quick, so that that oh next person gets an idea, we'll hit in the head, we'll all be at the same spot. And it misunderstands it, it misunderstands what's out there in terms of opportunities that are not uh, being blocked because of race. And, and now you're going to block them because of race and claim that we're, we're stupider in the result because of racism. It's, it's completely uh, ridiculous. And um, so that's, that's uh, uh, it just struck me, this story more than any other Uh, uh, And and we closed with, uh, you know, so which is worse, that it's a human rights violation, which it clearly is, or that it's so incredibly stupid? This is stupid with not not a twist of incompetence, but stupid with a twist of meanness, a twist of vindictiveness, of maliciousness. That's, you know, look, there's one thing to be a bleeding heart liberal to, you know, a big government because government's going to save us all. This is something altogether different. This is government as as big brother with a big stick. And uh, and let's (laughs) let's check everybody's DNA and uh, and and what footage we have from all the cameras in our society. And let's decide who's good or who's not good. And, uh, oh, anyway, this is, this is a scary, it's just scary, these types of stories. And, and, you know, a a lot of times I read stuff and I'm scared, but I, I talk to other people who also see these as pretty scary stories. Are you scared, Tim?
0: No, it's just too stupid to be scared of. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I understand that. I mean, I haven't thought much of American public education since I was in American public education, so that it's getting worse has done a shock to me, but that it's getting stupider has a sort of aptness. And you know, you had a real stupid theme going on this week because the next one, the next piece, Decolonize Our Music from April 28th, was also about race, really, and it's also a really, really stupid story.
1: Yes, yes, that that basically musical notation, and of course, uh, you brought me this story, Um, you know, music. I, I know, I love music. And as a kid, I didn't want to be in the band. I didn't think it was cool enough or something. What an idiot I was. And, uh, and so I, I never learned to play an instrument. I never learned any of musical notation. My kids all, one of the best things my wife and I ever did was to spend what for us was thousands and real money at the time, to get an electric like piano organ thing when they were little and got them piano lessons and, and all of them know music and, and uh, can do all these things that I can't do. And I'm very proud of that. And uh, but I love music, but I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm this Sergeant Schultz of uh, modern music of all time music. But what's interesting to me is even though I I can't do musical notation, um, it seems to me like a worthwhile thing that people be able to write stuff down and keep music and the whole, I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing thing to me. Uh, uh, maybe somewhat, <clears throat> you know, from afar, but what's the argument like so much, what's the argument like Mondays, when we talked about the tax code, their argument was that in three areas—this uh, is a tangent—three uh, areas in marriage, in uh, uh, retirement, and what was the uh, what was the third one? Oh, I'm going to sneak back there and just check real quick. What was yeah, it? and
0: I, I I already closed it, so I can't really easily.
1: Yeah, I thought I'm I'm I'm, I'm throwing curveballs now.
0: Yeah, I mean going back, I mean I, oh, I, I...
1: home ownership. Home ownership was the other one. And of course, in all three of those areas, there was nothing, you know, you could argue against the marriage uh, penalty if you're not married, you know, the, the different ways the tax code does it, but nothing related to race. You know, get married more if that's the right way to do it uh, tax-wise. I don't know anybody who's doing it that way. Um, and then home ownership, there was no, you know, that it's although, you know, if you're trying to block someone from getting a home ownership, which I think laws at different times did, well, then sure those laws need to be torn down and the people who did them may be remembered. Um, but, but it's again, in this case, you ask, what is the racism? What is, why is musical notation racist? And it's racist because it came about at a time in which there was slavery. Except there was very little slavery at that time. I mean, slavery was coming out of Europe at that time. Slavery was running wild in Africa and Asia at that time. And in other words, it's not, it's put up. Why is it racist? Because we've, we figured out this weird little connection to the, it's like anything that happened during hundreds of years of civilization is racist. Everything that happened in Asia and Africa and because slavery has been around for a long time, a disgustingly long time in this world it tells you something about how bad things can be and stay for a long period of time. It's what it tells me anyway and but but we don't look at it that way and then we try to make some ridiculous connection to 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 slavery to say that musical notation is racist and when you think about music to me it's a lot like sports it is objective in the sense that it's totally subjective in the sense that oh i like that song I don't like that song and maybe you like the one i didn't like it but I can't ever remember thinking, well, I really like that music, but I don't like the person who's playing it, or I don't like their religion or their race or their... It was a way for Blacks to be very effective in our, in our uh, entertainment industry at that time. It's, you know, jazz is a gift that America gave the world. And that came from the Black community and blues and rock and roll. I mean, and, and all of this doesn't it the beauty of music to me as someone who knows nothing is how connected it all is and and to me that's that's a huge part of the of the beauty that as I've gotten older I can hear I can hear blues in country and country and rock and so on and so on and I, I like that a lot and I like the I I've always been one of these people who likes to make uh, mixtapes back in the day. Now, you know, you got Spotify and you got all these different things and it, you know, it's, it's uh, ah, I'm, I'm an old timer, but back in the day making mixtapes, you know, all the, you just realize the, yeah, there's a zillion different songs of a, di- a zillion different genres. So I, I love music and I think it's uh, it's been decolonized for a long time. Not sure it was ever colonized, thank goodness.
0: I read a lot about this, this story, and uh, and similar stories. I mean, this is going on all over all over music, classical music, especially. Classical music is being taken down as being white supremacist. Uh, I mean, they state that explicitly. And uh, I, I stopped even talking to young classical music fans, basically, because they seem to me to be crazy. I mean, I'm a classical music fan. I, mean, I like music from all around the world, including India and Java and Bali and places like that. But that's not quite the point. What I want to know for the, this is about Oxford University, this whole, this little fracas right here, the one you talk about. Um, Why wouldn't the same critique apply to uh, writing? Why isn't writing notation, that is word notation, also criticized as white supremacy? I mean, it was the Phoenicians who invented it. It wasn't invented in Africa. In Africa, Egyptian Africa, which wasn't, sub-Saharan Africa, so that's racist right there. but there they had hieroglyphics, which is very different. Uh, we use alphabetics uh, alphabetic system. and uh, why isn't that colonial? Why are we even talking why, why aren't we talking about getting rid of teaching uh, reading and writing? Isn't that the same thing? It was It was invented during the slave period. The Phoenicians weren't you know weren't uh, free trade abolitionists. And, and next
1: week we'll be writing the uh, the scripts about the move now to get rid of all language. We can just use you know hand signals and uh, no, it, you know part of part of I think uh, the the difference between revolutions that rip things up and don't solve things and and reforms that are maybe revolutionary but. The revolutionary is contained in some sort of semblance of reality. Uh, you know, if if someone wants to remake society from top to bottom, it's never been done except by Mao, Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler. Uh, I mean that that's how it. it, it if if, if if you believe society is essentially corrupt and evil and needs to be totally remade, then you're talking about those sorts of whole political changes. And the only ones we've ever noticed, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not saying, geez, I've studied every second of of history and among people and the universe. You know, maybe there's planet Zargon, they've they've done this constantly but uh, very peacefully, but I don't know of any case in which you're talking about remaking a people who are fundamentally flawed and it doesn't just descend into obscenity.
0: Now, we had an interesting comment, or maybe it wasn't interesting, I thought it was interesting. Tom Knapp, uh, who often comments and often says something interesting, uh, even if I don't agree, uh, mentioned that the Beatles didn't read music. Does that change our opinion of anything?
1: No, no. And I thought that was interesting because I, I kind of, uh, I think I had heard that, but it didn't, uh, uh, didn't change our mind about anything. And I thought it was, uh, there was someone else who had an interesting thing, you know, just uh, uh, there. And I can't think of, um... oh, oh, Someone said what you had just said. That's why when you were saying that, I was thinking, don't give them any ideas. And I'm just channeling Not So Free, who commented, the, the person before that said, how long will it be before the alphabet is considered racist? Okay. Pat did. And oh, okay. then okay. Not So, so I... Free came back and said, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> so now this whole program, we're, we're part of like the counter revolution or something. we anyway. No.
0: Okay, I'd I'd forgotten that somebody had said that. Well, that's a really good point. R- whoever said that, that's a really great point because no, I just said it at length.
1: <laughs> no, it's that sort of thing that it's. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not in favor of. Uh, you know, I I think if if this modern society has to be remade, ninety nine percent there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of ugly bloodshed in in doing it, and especially when we think about so much to do with uh, the first, well, with all of the commentary so far, race, police uh, activity, fundamental rights, um, you know, this, it's, it's, the, the public is at the right place. The public did not think that the January 6th riot at the Capitol was a good thing. They were just, overwhelmingly against it. They didn't think the riots all summer were good. They were overwhelmingly against them. They don't think police shooting people is good, overwhelmingly against it, and overwhelmingly in favor of all kinds of listed reforms that they would vote for if the people in power would put those on the ballot or would pass those, they would applaud. And, and yet we're being ripped apart when we are pretty much left right in between the American public is all for criminal justice reform.
0: Yeah. um, I should mention that you were making that great point about making the world over. There's a, there's a great essay from William Graham Sumner from 1894 called the absurd effort to make the world over. And and it's available online. Uh, In fact, wiki source, which is the Wikipedia people, they have a free copy. So if you just want to read that, it's a good piece. Uh, And, uh, and you're right. It's not, broad segments of the public that are pushing absurdities right this is one segment of the public generally that's pushing it right now i want to share something i want to share a screen i'm not sure, I'm not sure it's a segment of the public no no right that's what i'm saying it's, yeah. it's the media yeah. it's the it's yeah right certain activists from the college grads and they've gone through weird programs that are stupid and are tax tax subsidized and wouldn't exist uh, in a free market frankly but here's 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 my favorite meme of the week which goes back to our first piece, I think. Can you see it, or uh, can you? Yes, see
1: yes, I have seen that. I have that. I've, yeah. I've seen that. I like that a lot. So
0: it's so it's a progress between uh, you know the, <laughs> the first idea is only cops should have guns. Okay, that's a pretty you know I'm to consider that. No one should have guns. So, oh, we're getting somewhere now. Defund the police, and then finally let the kids stab each other. <laughs> to me, that was one of the great moments of our time. You know, it's it's funny because throughout all of you
1: know, the, the last few years, this idea that what do we need guns? The police have guns. They'll protect everybody. And then, of course, this this last summer where we need we don't need police at all. And I know that a lot of people who said defund the police, they just meant take a little bit of that budget and put it here or there. But I know a number of them who know they meant to completely defund the police and not have police. And, and it's kind of a radical anarchistic type uh, idea. Um, not a very good one in my mind, but it's, it's, there are folks who are pushing that sort of, of idea and they're the same ones who would tell you that, that the government somehow should get guns out of all, everybody's hands. Well, you don't have any police There are people most of the times when there's a mass shooting or something else, it's someone who got the guns legally in a way that even when you pass the laws, you're saying must be immediately passed because of it, wouldn't have had any impact on it, or they broke the law to get the gun, they stole it, or the, you know they went and went through the the database and uh, somehow their name wasn't in it even though it was supposed to be in it because the military doesn't send data the way they're supposed to and nobody follows up with them um anyway it's it's we constantly have this situation where there's no real um there's no real follow through and um and I've lost my train of thought mm
0: one of the arguments for getting rid of police and I'm, not guess, you know, I want a lot of police reform. In fact, I'm re- willing to consider quite radical ones, but I want police because I want somebody with guns around to protect people or at least clean up messes. Okay. Well, And, and,
1: and, and let's face it, there's going to be police. Yeah, because unless you make it illegal to have police and then there's going to be something called something close to police who who goes as close to, oh, they can't have a gun. Well, then they'll have a big stick and I'll hire three more of them. In other words, people with money are still going to spend that money to protect what they have. And the difference is we have a society in which even poor people are, at least theoretically, being protected, their stuff's being protected. And so if you're for getting rid of police in terms of public police, all you're really saying is only the only the rich should get police protection because they're gonna get it. And frankly, I'm not rich, I'm gonna get it. I'm either gonna go buy a gun or I'm gonna, I'm gonna join some group of people. I'm gonna find the best way I can afford to protect me, my family, my my property and and so is everyone else so you know you can you can kind of do the we don't need police but there's gonna be police the question is public or private and who controls them and i think you know it's not a bad thing i I have nothing against private police as long as they follow all the rules uh but i don't think that they should be empowered in the way that public police have been and should be i mean it's it's there's a different thing a private policeman Uh, can't come show a warrant and come in my home Uh, and a public policeman could. And so I think, you know, I I think you're I think anybody who's looking to somehow say get rid of police is is silly. And what they're really saying is let's take police away from poor people. And almost always they're saying it as advocates for poor people, because that's who will lose police protection if you were to end public police.
0: Yeah it gets very strange because one of the arguments is that what we really need is more social workers. So when there's when that stabbing incident we should have sent some social workers. And you know I've I've even known social workers I've liked and admired but I would never go to a social worker in a knife fight. That's an absurd idea, but these same people are the people who don't believe that you have a right to defend yourself. Many of them are the same people who don't believe that you have a right to stand your ground. They don't believe you have a right to shoot anybody on your property if they come in in the middle of the night. So they have another agenda going on here. And I think it's largely disarmament so that they can have their own special police force that comes in at the last hour and then rounds up all their their political enemies and puts them in gulags. I mean, I think these people are basically communists. No, I'm willing to I'm willing to be corrected but I have a that's why I, I smell commies is what I hear <laughs> I don't smell anarchists though it sounds anarchistic
1: no and that it, I think I think you're right about uh not that that's everybody I mean there's a zillion people out there and I'm sure there are some people who who view it in in a way that we wouldn't say that but I think I think you're right there that this whole This whole thing is about how to give the government a lot more power. And so there's nothing anarchist about that. Just nothing anarchist about giving the government a whole lot more power. And at the end of the day, the media spokespeople for this movement, the political spokespeople for this movement, the loudest voices in this movement are communists. And are for a huge government that makes all the decisions and makes decisions like the government in China makes. And of course, we've talked many times that the government China is not really communist; it's more Nazi, but uh, it's totalitarian. And that's when when people are pushing that there's no there's not even a smidgen of anarchism into totalitarianism. And 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 that's what you see like this decolonized music. This whole thing that everything is racism, the critical race theory in the schools—that somehow our kids are supposed to sit there and and be told that they're part of like an evil race—it um, it's just you know. And and look, I got I have no problem. You don't you don't have to teach my kids. About any mistakes that the United States of America has made, because I'm—I've got the whole list, and they're going to see it all, uh, and I'm going to go back over it probably a couple times. So, it, no problem there. But you—you—you you, you know, this sort of thing is—it's—it's it's frightening because it is a, a associated with such evil throughout history and throughout modern history. Uh, this is this is like the, the Chinese Cultural Revolution, and, uh, and there were a lot of people dead in that, and a lot of just viciousness, and uh, you know uh, uh, these sorts of things also get get privatized and weaponized. You know, a lot of the viciousness that happened in the American Revolution was social personal vendettas that someone saw an opportunity in a wartime situation to take advantage of. That's what the Japanese internment in, in the United States of America is all about, is that some really sick, rotten people in California wanted to steal the land of Japanese farmers. And so they they got the right political people together and they got a program going and they literally uh, just tormented these people and, and stole their stuff. And uh, it's a a real stain. And so, you know, you you have to think, too, that we're creating a dynamic in academia and other places where you better chant the loudest and be the most woke or, you know, your position might not you might not be in your position any longer. And it's it all of it is is uh, terribly frightening. And I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about it because it's. Is ridiculous as it is, it keeps it coming,
0: and uh, it is a plan according to Yuri Bezmenov. There's, I don't know if you've ever seen the Yuri Bezmenov uh, interview on YouTube. Uh, he was a uh, Russian defector who worked as a Soviet disinformation artist. And he said the plan of the Soviet Union was to use race and similar topics, racism as a topic, to get Americans to hate their own government and their own society so that they could weaken the United States and thereby conquer it and turn it into a communist society. That was the plan. And I have this idea, and I we have some reason to believe it's true, that the Chinese... Communist Party has been funding a lot of the activism on the left that is of this variety. And to me, it's most of the time I take this as as so stupid that I don't even pay attention to it. Most of the time I just regard everything on the left as so stupid that I don't look at it, but it is part of a scheme. I don't
1: have any idea who's funding and whether the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party is funding, but why wouldn't they? Um, in, in essence, and why wouldn't this be a, a great move for any adversary to play up as big as possible. And especially I find it interesting because this week I saw a video, uh, Where, um, and we did something on him, I'm not going to get his name right, because it's a bunch of letters put together. And I had to practice it just when we were doing the thing to get his name right. But it's a YouTuber, he's not doing anymore. He's uh, English, but he lived in Taiwan for a while. And we did a a, a commentary off of I believe it was called... uh, uh, something Trump, but it was about Trump. Now, I know that's absolutely of no help, but uh, but anyway, uh, but it's a YouTuber and he has this YouTube trying to explain to people in the West what the Chinese regime is all about. And he points out that it is an ethno state, that it is Han Chinese wanting to be supremacists we're supreme we're you know and and uh what they're doing in uh, Xinjiang and what they're doing in Hong Kong and what they'll do anywhere else they they can do it is all feeding that idea and so of course knowing that we have this kind of plural plural plural
0: pluralistic
1: Plurali- I can't say it now, I've said that word before, I know I have, uh, but any, pluralism, there you go, <clears throat> but, uh, but of course they would play into something like this, and, and it, I mean, it just makes sense, and maybe they haven't, I'm not, I'm not leveling any charge, saying I have any evidence, but it would make perfect sense. If I were advising the Chinese, and I didn't like America, I would say, hey, yes, this is the best place. To, to play ball and to create as much friction as possible. And uh, and I don't think it's, you know, the funny thing is there, you know, the, the civil rights movement uh, was a heck of a movement. This movement, you know, I, I don't see it as the same sort of movement. And there is a huge criminal justice movement out there But this critical race theory and so um, on—I think, yeah. I mean, most of the people I know, white and black, think that this is insanity.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, your theme is common sense, and and you know, common people who aren't in a movement as such, this is is all a non-starter for them. But it's hard to keep track of these weird movements that take that become. viral it's hard for a normal person to do that because I just well for one thing like I just admitted myself I mean it's hard for me to even listen to these people they're so stupid they're so the ideas are so dumb that it's I mean do do I want to spend an hour or two to read their treatises or 10 hours or 12 and then write a full critique not really not really I'm, but instead, so I make fun of them at length, and I and when I see their arguments, I dissect the argument in front of me, but I'm not going to go out there and, you know, eagerly read through the garbage coming out of women's studies and and uh, uh, ethnic studies and these various studies programs and colleges, most of which are taken over by cultural Marxists, or whatever you call those people. Right, right. I mean, all of them need to be defunded i this i am willing to say that it's, I think that there have been some defunding uh we defunded by
1: it. people by people who don't want to fund them well
0: like, that's what i think is, I, I think we should stop uh i think we should the, the federal government should not subsidize any students going to college there should be It should stop is that there should be no Pell grants, there should be no guaranteed loans all that should go. And all of a sudden all these problems would fall away because there's not going to be a, I mean, are you going to spend money to to get your kid into indoctrinated into Marxism or Maoism or something?
1: Well, it's, it's the sort of thing too, that, that uh, not to get on a long tangent because we we should do the last two and, and, uh, and be finished, but college costs so much. And, It's because they've thrown all kinds of money at it and they don't ever seem to figure out that they are the problem. And it's created a situation in which, oh, you need government help to go to college because they have created a situation in which you need government help to go to college. When, uh, and when I was a kid, when my, you know, my dad was a kid, my mom was a kid uh, or a college kid, uh, you know, you could work your way through college it's almost impossible to make the kind of money to work your way through college. So it's, it's a huge problem. And at the same time, if you've been on a college campus and I've had reason to be on several because part of that money is my own um, and not just through tax dollars, but through writing checks, they are building like nobody's business. It's just buildings going up left and right. Um, and, and so, you know, education is booming, it seems like, but it would, it'd be a different thing if, and I, I think you'd still have education, but at some point that bubble could sure burst because it's, it's, I mean, already, one of the things you have to look at when they're talking about all these people suffering from the student loan debt, it's either worth it to go to college to spend that money to get that degree and that knowledge where it's not worth it. And when you say those loans should be forgiven, what you're saying emphatically, inherently, is it's not worth it. You were tricked. You were lied to by public officials who pretended that that college education was worth it. Now, maybe, maybe maybe it is worth it in which case there's no way in Hades that you should be getting some subsidy. And of course they shouldn't get a subsidy anyway, because sometimes you make a mistake. I'm sorry, you were defrauded, but the person who didn't go to college should not have to pay extra taxes so that you got to go to college. Anyway, we uh, digress, but we should jump to what I thought was uh, interesting, just because I think back to 2003, and that is Thursday's commentary Paul's don't like recalls. Politicians hate the recall process. And the truth is the whole establishment doesn't somehow like it. Now, I haven't heard as much about uh, Newsom's recall in California. And we did this story because, of course, it looks like they've got all the signatures they need. Newsom is going to be up for recall <clears throat> and the recall could fail and he could stay uh, or someone else could be the next governor of California and all those people petitioned to get onto the ballot and so on. Uh, It's an interesting process, but I think back to, uh, and this piece didn't really think back so much. Uh, If if you uh, look at it, it's basically that a uh, Senator, um, uh, Josh Newman, uh, whose name is close to Newsom, but uh, State Senator Josh Newman, uh, put a bill up to basically say that they get to see the names of all the people who signed the petition for a recall. And in California, and I think this is the way it should be, although other places it's not, but in California, you don't get to see the names of the people who signed the recall or who did signed other initiatives. They check the, you can go in and watch the state, check the signatures, but those people's names are not public. So you can't go and call them or, you know, spray paint their their yard or their house or whatever. Um, you can't harass them in any way because you can't know who they are. Now other people say, oh, they should be public. We have a right to know. That case went to the Supreme Court. Uh, Citizens of Church Foundation was on the side of uh, Doe. What was it? Something Doe v. something. Uh, but anyway, where we believed you shouldn't have to be public. And uh, the Supreme Court ruled that you do have to be public. So if someone were to, uh, now they don't say you have to, but they basically said that Washington state's law that allows people to see the petition signers is constitutional, but you don't have to keep it secret. I should have said that the other way. Um, So it's that you don't have to keep it secret, but in California they do. And uh, what Newman, Josh Newman, state senator was saying is, you ought to be able to see who it is. And of course, part of the problem is when people go to like, try to get people to take their name off, and there is a process in California, if you sign something and you later decide you don't want to, you can contact the county registrar and there's a way, a process that's not too cumbersome to take your, your name off that petition. But the idea of people turning in a petition and then having swarms, you know, knocking doors, And, you know, demanding, did you mean to sign this petition? I know in past cases where uh, folks have hired uh, former FBI agents to go door to door and to just kind of let slip that, oh, yes, I'm I'm a former FBI agent Johnson. And uh, (laughs) and uh, and it's very intimidating. So uh, anyway, what happened is this guy caught a lot of flack, Mr. Newman. And interestingly enough, he was recalled in 2018. So, of course, he has a dog in this fight. He's been the subject of a recall. The recall was successful. He was knocked out of office. Then he came back and won in 2020. So interesting little history behind the, uh, the legislation.
0: That doesn't happen often, does it? Somebody recalled and then gets back in office? No, it, no,
1: it doesn't. And, uh, and it's interesting. There's, there's, uh, what happens more often is that someone survives the recall narrowly and then gets defeated in the next election that the recall doesn't take them out, but it so weakens them that they lose the next election. That happens a lot, uh, to lose the recall and then come back. But it, it, of course it may have been that, you know, it's a swing area and, you know, maybe it made the difference, uh, be higher turnout in 2020 than 2018 so the recall you know it may have been a district that if you got the higher turnout it flips from you know uh the right. democrat or what what have you
0: i i have a question i think people are, are very concerned uh and, and confused uh california's recall is not it has a it, there's something to do with an election immediate Attendant, how does that work? How does it work in California? Um, I,
1: and, and I could be wrong about this. I didn't. Uh, I didn't kind of relook at the process. But a lot of places, you know, you would be up recall or not recall, and then if you're recalled, they have a new election for that office. In California, I believe the way, uh, and I, I could be wrong on some element of this, but it's basically how it's done. The governor is up, and so are all the other candidates. If the governor gets uh, less than 50 percent, then well, and it may be that the governor has to be defeated. Someone has to get a higher plurality than the governor, but they're all together. And in essence, you have to beat the governor. Now, I could be wrong about that because somehow I did think that there was a two question. Maybe it's a one question. Recall, don't recall. That's that's it. Stand. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. I hadn't thought about this much since. I mean, we. Well, Schwarzenegger was the big deal with Gray Davis. Was the big, well, and that was such a huge. That was the news of the country. Was his the the recall of Gray Davis because he seemed so strong, and then all of a sudden, boom, and and same with Newsom here. I think in in many ways, but uh, but in that in that recall, you know, it was it was kind of look pretty obvious that Gray Davis would lose the recall, but who would replace him? And and I the reason it's weird is the governor goes on the ballot. For instance, it's possible that you could have back then recalled Gray Davis, and yet Gray Davis gets elected in the recall election because it's a two-step up or down recall. And then same thing could happen with Newsom. Uh, and maybe more likely with Newsom, that he gets recalled, but then his name is on the ballot to fill that office. And that because there's not a Schwarzenegger or somebody who really catches fire, he ends ends up getting the plurality of votes.
0: It seems like a recall should be that guy's out immediately.
1: Yes, you would think that if he loses that recall, that he's not on the ballot. And right. has a chance to be the next governor.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't like that. It, and that—that was my memory. There's something weird about the California system that it didn't 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 suit well. Well,
1: I will now this weekend uh, uh, have to go back and and read through exactly what uh, what all those rules are and so on. But it, it is somewhat unique. I, and there's only two governors in U.S. history who've been recalled. Uh, the communist governor of North Dakota in the 1920s, the communist governor, and, um, and, and and Gray Davis, the communist governor of California in the 1990s, or the 2000 aughts, uh, 2003, I guess that was, or is that right? Yes, it's 2003. But anyway, those, those are the only two in history, um, and and you know there was a wave of recalls back in the late '90s in the in the early 2000s. Uh, Miami gov- uh, mayor recalled. I think that recall got ninety something percent of the vote, and there are other recalls where where uh, the recall is somebody's mad at the mayor, but the mayor beats the recall and stays and is you know ever more popular, but they for for the most part uh most of the people being recalled get recalled and uh and deserve it that's been my experience
0: well that leaves us only one more commentary for the week the cat's pajamas uh notice where the apostrophe is after the s so it's many cats with many pajamas
1: well, this is, a, this is a little different than our usual commentary, just because it, it came out of a conversation you and I had, not talking about politics really so much about just talking to social media and, and me making the point that, boy, I wish that, you know, in, in addition to the social media, big tech companies mining our data for everything they can get, I wish they'd let us mine it. And of course, what I meant by that, and you immediately picked up on it. Yeah, that's exactly right. What we mean is that we have all kinds of conversations, not just what we've said, but what other people have said um, that might matter, that we might want to go back and check and photos and, you know, not just the cats, but, uh, you know, other photos and other articles that were important that maybe, you know, and for me, a lot of times I might post an article that I'm gonna do a commentary on. I post on my, my personal page and uh, and then maybe post another article along those same lines, and only one of them really makes it into the commentary. But the other one, I think, well, I'll someday write a follow-up, and that I need to remember to make that point. It sure would be nice if I could pull all that stuff up as if Facebook was a database designed to help me post and keep and find and use my stuff. And it occurs to me that that's not really their intention and that it should be.
0: Um, They do have lots of tools, but they're hard to use. That's the thing that bugs me and, and I mean you, I mean you've tried and we, obviously you know there are tools to search. And there are complicated ones, but there are many things in fact, throughout the whole search industry, I don't see very often. like it would be like, it'd be nice to have little features like I want this and this, but not this. I don't see that on Facebook anyway. So there's a lot of little tools that would be very easy to find things if they had them ready at hand.
1: You know, a friend of mine taught me how to search and I've already forgotten. That's why I I have to, I have to to text him and say, can you tell me again how to, uh, but he he taught me how to search for stuff where you're searching. It's got to have this, but it also could have other things or anyway, but I use that for a while. And, and of course, you know, then it wasn't as necessary. And then of course I forget. Um, But, but there are some, important ways that you can narrow your searches and uh but it it it, the difference between a good like like uh washington post uh local paper uh i go to their website and want to find a story and sometimes i can't find it it's almost as if they, they've got someone at the Post going, let's make sure Paul Jacob cannot find this story <laughs> because he's going to use it against us. And uh, anyway, but sometimes I'll search Google to find the Washington Post story instead of searching the Washington Post search. And that says Google has a lot better search than the Washington Post has and that they don't, they don't view searching their website as something they really seem to want to facilitate very much or they'd have a better search function.
0: Lots of things need fixing, but I think fixing this podcast would be to stop it.
1: Yes, I think so. I think we've, we've uh, done, our, done our job, uh, and we will be back next week with more common sense, hopefully. And maybe we can even find some common sense out there in, uh, in American politics and bring that
0: too. You can find this week in Common Sense, as well as all of Paul's writings, at thisiscommonsense.org.